0: A garrison is a safe place where an army gathers. In the same way, the Disability Garrison podcast is a place for the army of disability rights advocates to gather and discuss complex issues. We are unafraid to identify problems in our world and have difficult conversations about them. But we are not just here to complain. We spend our time brainstorming solutions with generals in the disability rights movement. Together, we take action to make positive change and lead the fight for justice and equality.
1: My name is Hallie Carmichael.
0: My name is Michael Murray. This is The Disability Garrison. Welcome to this special edition of The Disability Garrison. Holly and I recently had the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, the Honorable Tony Coelho. We had such a great time and covered so much with him that we're going to actually be releasing three mini episodes through the month of February. And it's going to lead up to the fourth episode, which is all going to be talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act. So if you don't know a lot about the ADA, don't worry, you will. And it is going to be awesome. This episode is the first of the three mini episodes. They're gonna be a little bit different than our normal structure. Usually we present our listeners with a problem and then we give you some actions that you can work towards a solution. But for this episode and the next two episodes, we're gonna be listening to Tony as he talks about various parts of his life and leading up to the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, but also just recognizing what does it take to be a leader that can make a substantial change in the world. So also, I wanted to tell you, we're going to be holding a contest on the GT Independence Facebook page this month all around the ADA. It's called the I Can Campaign, and we're looking for listeners to submit how the ADA has had an impact on their lives. So for more information, go to gtindependence.com. So without further ado, here's Tony Coelho. Welcome to the Disability Garrison. I am so excited. I'm always excited, Holly, but this is a special honor. Today, we have the Honorable Tony Coelho joining us on the podcast. Uh, Tony was the former House Majority Whip of Congress, the primary author of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, Tony, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here with both you and Holly.
1: Yeah. It is it is an honor. As Michael said, we're just excited. I can't even believe I'm in the same room and can, can touch you. You're, you know, Thank you're an you. icon and have done such amazing work for people with disabilities and can't wait to dive in and talk about it today. Great.
0: Looking forward to it. So where did you grow up?
2: Central California on a dairy farm. Um, my family, uh, Portuguese, I'm 100% Portuguese. Um, my family comes from the Azor Islands, which are Islands off of mainland oh, Portugal. Beautiful. Yeah, between uh, Portugal and the United States, they're all way out there. And the United States uses the Azores Islands as uh, as a uh, defense resource, uh, landing and so forth. Uh, but uh, they were born there. My grandparents all came from the Azores to uh, California. Uh, my mother's uh, uh, parents, uh, her father was dairy, a dairyman in cattle business. His, her mother came over as a, a nanny. Um, and then on, on my um, father's side, uh, his father came over as a fisherman. And uh, my, mother, my mother's uh, parents uh, ended up in Tulare, California, which is by Fresno, below Fresno and so forth. Um, but my father's parents ended up in Monterey, and they came over, uh, all four of them came over in the early teens and met here and got married here in the United States. But uh, my grandfather came over as a, um, as a fisherman, and his wife, my grandmother, uh, we always called came over. She was the elite one. She came over with a lot of style and so forth and so on. So we were in central California, dairy farm, um, milk cows every day, we had 300 cows. And it uh, taught me a lot uh, because you can't get sick, you know, birthdays, no Christmas, cows have to be milked every morning, every night. And it was a family operation, so we didn't have hired hands. So we had to do that and go to school and everything. So um, we'd get up at three o'clock in the morning, go milk, and then finish in time to go to school, and then get out of school and immediately come home to milk the cows in the afternoon. We'd get in about 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night, and then have dinner. And I studied hard. Um, my family um, basically wanted us to go to sleep so we get up in the morning. But I would take a flashlight and study in the bedroom, <laughs> and my mother would come in and say, you got to put this light. <laughs> uh, but that just gives you a little bit of the background on that. So one day I'm out milking um, in the uh, morning and um, next thing I remember, I wake up in a bed and I just had a grand mal seizure uh, in the barn and my brother carried me to the house and called out the doctor and uh, the doctor came out quickly. Um, And when I woke up, I couldn't speak, but I could hear And uh, my parents um, were there with the doctor, and uh, they were talking about what I'd gone through. I couldn't hear what he was actually saying, but I could hear him mumbling Mm -hmm. and so forth. And what he told them is that he felt that I had epilepsy. I just had a seizure, Argued that I had a seizure, and that it was probably epilepsy. My parents never told me that. Um, wow. They were Portuguese, Catholic, and they believed what the church preached, that if you have epilepsy, you're possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. And so we went to two other doctors uh, to see what was going on. My family said, well, it's a lack of calcium. This one thinks it's this, that, mm-hmm. but none of them really know. But each one of them was telling them that I had uh, a seizure and epilepsy so then we go to witch doctors wow. and that was a very interesting experience to say the least uh, you go into a room it's really all the lights off candles burning wow. uh, pour hot oil on your forehead and on your chest with a candle on your chest and uh, the witch doctor is uh, praying or in some language yeah. um, and it's as a 16-year-old, a little scary, I bet. a 17-year-old, yeah. um, but I didn't, you know, I knew that they were saying that something was wrong, and none of my medical doctors knew what it was, quote unquote, Right. Yeah. Um, but now I'm going to see if I can get rid of these things, mm-hmm. and so I go to the first one, and it was, um, it was scary, interesting, but of course she didn't succeed, so then I go to another one, and the funniest one is I went to this Portuguese uh, ma- man and so get there and, and um, he speaks broken English. But he basically said to me, take an egg, a raw egg, put it under your arm, in your armpit, hold it there for, I forget how long, hold it there for X period of time. <laughs> and then at the end of that time, take it out. And if the egg has turned black, got rid of the evil spirits. Wow. Okay. Well, the egg didn't turn black. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I said to my parents, I'm not going anymore, period. Yes. Now, my parents were not happy because they really believed that, you no, know, I was possessed and embarrassed. Um, right. They was restricted, maybe too strong of a word, but they basically did not want me to go in public much. Mm-hmm. And so, we, as a farm family, we would take our cattle to fairs and show them, you know, and compete mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. But my mother conveniently forgot to fit, send in my applications. Um, oh. and, um, and it hurt. Yeah. I didn't know why, you know, of course. I just yeah. knew I was still having these problems. But I suspected it was because I was having these problems. But what it was was that um, uh, the culture of... Um, lot of Portuguese and and other uh, nationalities, was that um, God was punishing the family because of a major sin someone had committed. Not necessarily the person having the seizures, but it was for me to have a seizure in public for the public to know this family had committed a major sin. So that's a hell of a burden for my family. And I didn't understand it at all, of course. And I was, well, as I go through this, but they were going through all this and being told that I was possessed and and then embarrassing because who in the family did what and so right. forth. So eventually I stopped going to witch doctors and um, I kept having seizures.
0: I want to draw out two things for our listeners to recognize from this early part of your story. Number one is there are going to be folks with disabilities like myself who listen to this podcast who have experienced some really traumatic encounters with those who love them the most, just like you did. Um, and for those of you who are listening, there's hope. Um, there is opportunity after this, um, and I think Tony shows us that through that grit and determination, um, uh, and and the voice of God coming and just telling you your worth and value and your identity. That uh, uh, that you can achieve incredible things, but I also think there's a message in here for parents. Um, I, I think uh, Holly, maybe you can hit this.
1: Yeah, I think parents of children with disabilities can sometimes be one of the biggest barriers, or it, it, without even even realizing it. I
2: like to say that parents love you so much mm-hmm. that they handicap you
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: I, that's one of my speeches when i talk to parent groups i just said you know my mother um loved me so much that she hurt me
1: mm-hmm. she yeah. didn't
2: think she was hurting me yeah but she hurt me in so many different ways yeah and i tell a story which we'll relate here later but Washington post i wanted to do a story i'm on wall street now Want to do a story proving that I was not successful on Wall Street, so they assigned this reporter, David. David and I became great friends because we talked about everything, and he um, submitted the article, long article, to the editor. Editor rejected it. Said the problem is in here is that a lot of this is based on Tony's epilepsy, and the relationship with his mother and father and you haven't talked to them you only know what tony says mm. and so i can't go through the, let you approve the story without having the parents input so david calls he, david calls me and he says look here's what's happened it's been rejected after about 7 months yeah and yeah. so he said it's been rejected um, do you mind if i call your parents. And I said, I have no I, I It's fine with me. I have no idea what they'll say. But, you know, let's <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So I gave him the number I had and um, he called him. But 45 minutes later, he calls me back. He said, you won't believe this. I said, what? He said, I talked to your mom. She said, everything that you say is right. That um, said, we, my fa- husband and I only uh, went through the sixth grade we believe the church, we believe, uh, the culture, and we really believe that he was possessed and we're sorry. And we've never mm. had, um, the opportunity. We, we were embarrassed to tell him that, but, uh, we're very sorry what we put him through. Mm. So he does the story. And so I immediately call my parents and, say, you know, I understand what you have said, um, and I flew out and met with him. Um, and so it's sort of repaired a little bit of the damage, Gosh. but I'll go further on that because I think it's important to put it in here. So I, my parents are very proud of me being in the Congress. They're very proud of me um, becoming Whip and all that stuff. So when my dad dies, I don't have much of a reaction because we were never that close when my mother died that was she was the head of the family and she's the one who made the decisions not to have me do things and so forth so i'm there and i'm at the cemetery and as the body is going into the ground a voice comes over me and says um you have to decide do you love her or do you respect her at that very moment, I go and I quickly say, um, "I love her, but I don't respect her what she did to me." And I immediately had a seizure right there ah. in the um, And and I the the message that I give to mothers and fathers is that you you've got to be careful um, how you treat your daughter or your son.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um if you don't give them a chance to participate, you don't give them a chance to succeed.
0: Well, and I think our it's important for our listeners, especially the parents out there, to know that there it is a fine line. We do respect what you guys do. Um, you know, and I've had the privilege of watching a lot of great parents of folks with disabilities, including my own and and Holly for that matter. And there is that fine line because you are an advocate, and we value that. But you also allowing for that dignity of risk. Um, and I, Holly, I think you do a great job with Maggie. I love the watching you <laughs> allow hard, Maggie right? to it's do it. It's
1: definitely hard. You and know, I, we... I
0: know
2: I'm being hard with you right now by saying this. <laughs> no, said, you know, no, I know that. no,
1: it's uh, it's so true. Matt, you know, Maggie wants to be um, a doctor mm-hmm. when she grows up, Good. and um, I want to make sure. I don't in any way quash that that's a possibility. Yeah. or a It person. is a possibility. It absolutely is. And I, I want, you know, and I was talking with my husband on... Um,
2: but she'll only, change her mind several times. She will. <laughs> she, she probably
1: will. Yes, she does. We were also talking about dating and getting, you know, she's, she's still fairly young. She's only eight. But, you know, some of her cousins are having little boyfriends here and there. And I thought, my God, what will I think of her dating uh, someone and how protective I might be over her, um, versus my niece, y- y- you know, and just, you have to, you have to stop that bias. I've seen so many parents. But, but the limit. point
2: is you're right to have that fear. Yeah. You're yes. right to have that fear, but it's the same fear with somebody without it. right. distinction. You, you can't, uh, over shelter,
1: Yes. Just yes. because yes. of the
2: disability. The, obviously with her in a chair and so forth, there yeah. are certain things that you've got to be concerned about. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But the people who she dates, um, they have to respect that. Are out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, but, but the point is, but that whole struggle for her and yes. dating is what's going to be part of her.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's and cool. you
2: have to let that develop, let that yeah. become part of her soul and so forth yeah. and it's really important to give that opportunity but i've had when i talk about this i have parents who are crying and saying mm. well, you know i i do that and i said well there's you know just understand uh there's nothing wrong with what you've done if you correct it yes. yeah yeah that's right now, oh, yeah. as long as yeah. you understand that you're overbearing on this right and that what you should be doing is giving your son, your daughter, an opportunity to live life the best that they can, um, then you're fine. But I said, you know, just understand what you could be doing and don't do what my mother did to me.
1: That's right.
2: Because I tell you what, I still have the scars from it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, did you ever believe, did you, I'm curious, did you ever buy in to this thought that you were possessed in some way? No.
2: No, no. You knew it. No. I never, I didn't believe it. I, I, it's, you know, I I was, um, you know, I milked cows every day, Mm -hmm. uh, went to school and um, got great grades.
1: Yeah.
2: I was uh, uh, student body president in junior high school. I was freshman class president in high school, sophomore class president. (laughs) Um, And then I can't remember what else. And then I was student body president, outstanding senior. I I believed in myself.
1: Yeah, and
2: yeah. and I had to work hard to do all these things and still milk and everything else. You know, I I didn't buy this stuff. Um, yeah, and and you know I knew that I had passing out spells, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what they were, and I just felt that the doctors didn't know, so I was blaming the doctors. Where my parents were sheltering me from what mm-hmm. the doctors yeah. told me, all right, and. And in effect, they hurt me more, but I look back on it and I'm really glad that that happened because if I had known that I had epilepsy, in those days, it was a real problem. Right, And I may never have fought to do what I believed I needed to do. If I had fallen into, I have it in my parents' control because I have seizures and it's not good and blah, blah, blah. So I, I, they hurt me a lot, but in a way, they help me be stronger.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today for the first of three mini episodes with our dear friend, Tony Cueo. We are releasing a new episode every Tuesday in February, and then on two twenty 22 we're going to cap it all off with a deep dive into the Americans with Disabilities Act with Tony. I hope you'll join us again next week. In the meantime, be sure to head to our website for more information on the I Can campaign. Because of the Americans with Disabilities Act, I can. We want to hear from you. What has the ADA meant to you? So go to gtindependence.com. Thanks for being a part of the Disability Garrison you